the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Randy Corcoran Show. And guess what? Matt Dunn in the studio this evening. Guest hosting for my good friend and brother, Randy Corcoran. I'll be back tomorrow night for Backbone Radio, 4 to 7 p.m. Hope you can bring your ears over to that show as well where I'm only getting started tonight, and I'll, I'll bring it home with a bang and a flourish tomorrow evening. 303-696-1971 is the phone number. Text the studio flowing in. I'm getting back as many as I possibly can. Keep those coming. You help keep me on track, as you know. Once in a while, I'll get a name wrong or something like that, and the texts start flying in, and I am always in awe of the intelligence out there in the 710KNUS audience. Oh, yes, I am. We are the elites, the true elites, saving this country in need of saving. And we are also centrists. I would submit to you centrism. I was just playing that clip from Congressman Jamie Raskin, who was on the J6 committee, and he's like, oh, MAGA extreme, MAGA extreme. They just throw out those terms and the sound bites. Of course, they don't back it up with anything. But I would just say, you look down the list of issues, look down the list of issues, and guess what? This host, Matt Dunn, I am a centrist, I am a moderate. Most everybody listening right now would be a centrist and would be a moderate. Who would be the extremists? That would be Joe Biden, the furthest left extreme wacko presidency we've ever had, maybe next to Obama. That would be, yeah, the Raskins and the Schiffs and the Cheneys of the world. And, you know, you just look at, look at some of these issues. Uh, do you want to have a secure border or not? I am in favor of that, and the vast majority of the American people are in favor of a secure border. So that's moderate. The people that want the wide-open border like Raskin, Biden, Obama, the rhinos in the party. That's the extremists, right? Does that make sense? By the way, Mike Rosen used to do segments on this when I was growing up, member over at KOA. He would do these segments on who is extreme, who is not extreme. And that's kind of, he was very influential to me as a kid listening to Mike Rosen. And all of this stuff should make sense. Are you in favor of women in women's sports and not men in women's sports. If you are, you are with about 98% of the population, which means centrist and moderate. The lunatic fringe that wants to see the men in women's sports knocking out women's teeth in floor hockey games and setting records in weightlifting and swimming and all the rest of it, that's the extremists. The people in power are the ones who are off the charts, extreme, freakish people in so many ways, very fragile, 
and yes, very worried about what they're seeing, MAGA momentum for 2024. Do you want energy independence for America? We used to have that under Trump, yeah? I'm in favor of that. I like energy independence. I don't like being beholden upon the Middle East or anywhere else for our energy needs. I don't like paying the five, six, seven, eight dollars a gallon for gasoline in the Biden era. But they like it. The people in, on top. That makes them extremists. Total extremists. While us centrists and us, us moderates out here don't really go for that kind of stuff. We're in favor of free speech. Around here, most of the American people are in favor of free speech, the First Amendment, that American tradition. But yet the far left, which means the left in general, and a bunch of the rhinos, they're quite content with the big tech titans censoring your speech. They're quite content with the FBI and the intelligence agencies working hand in hand with the social media outlets and the mainstream media outlets censoring the information, censoring accounts, disallowing speech that they find threatening to their positions of power. Elon Musk, of course, is uh, taking a lot of heat for presiding over the last free speech platform on the planet, Tucker. Twitter. Twitter, I mean. Not Tucker. I'll get into Tucker in a minute. That's just normal mainstream stuff. Who is extreme again? Jamie Raskin. Second Amendment. Most Americans are strongly in favor of their Second Amendment, especially looking at the attack on Israel and the the rush within Israel to buy firearms at the firearms stores in Israel to arm themselves yeah, don't ever let them take your Second Amendment. And that's a majority opinion in this country. If you're opposed to the Second Amendment like RFK, Biden, the gun grabber crowd, that makes them extreme. Does that make sense? If you like and respect the American Constitution, that's just a moderate, centrist, normal opinion in this country for the masses in our democracy, our republic. But yet the people in power, the ruling class, they do not like our Constitution. They do not like our amendments. They find them obstacles to their power, to maintaining their power, to growing their power. And so it should be very obvious, you know, who's, who's the extremist and who is not the extremist. And so you're going to see a huge push, a huge push for the labeling heading into this next year. Okay, it's always there. It's always there. And of course, this station, this host, they're they're, they're, you're going to see the story. Oh, yeah. The extreme right wing extreme. They're going to throw that label around. And of course, they use it as a political tool, an authoritarian tool, of course, to label their opponents extreme when, of course, they are the ones who are extreme. And if you just sit back, and you know, if you get called that, you, you know, you're at Thanksgiving dinner and you talk about, oh, well, I've been right about everything. <laughs> and they'll say, oh, you're just an extreme right winger. Well, go, go down some of these issues. This is the Thanksgiving advice portion of the show. Just go issue by issue. And then you can kind of like, okay, who is extreme? Who is extreme? You know, people say, well, don't make Thanksgiving about politics, right? But the left always does. The left always puts out these stories every year heading into Thanksgiving. 
that here's how you handle your conservative uncle. Here's what you tell him. Or maybe they say, don't talk, but they want to rub it in. They want to rub it in. But again, when you start to sense that you're losing the country, sometimes it's good to, you know, let your voice be heard a little bit, bring things up a little bit. And uh, in a respectful way, ah, who cares? Just bring it up. (laughs) Don't even worry about being respectful at this point. So I rest my case on that. And you can go down any of a number of issues, all right, and you'll see who the extremists are. And it's, it's going to be very, very clear. But the ones who will label you the extremists are the ones, obviously, who are way out on the extreme fringe. And they have become very dependent, has the left, on their, um, their censorship industrial complex. Very dependent on it. Okay? And uh, they can't seem to exist without it. And Elon Musk showing up, and I'm impressed with what he's done. He's taken some real heat from some of these various sneaky organizations that try to undermine free speech and make media matters. Been making it hard on advertisers, right? And uh, ADL, making it hard on advertisers. And Elon Musk ready to sue Media Matters. He says he's going to launch a thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters on Monday. At the, when the court opens on Monday, they're filing a thermonuclear lawsuit on Media Matters, and we all know that organization, and they are fringe, extreme And these leftist organizations, again, try to find every way to stop you from being able to have your voice out there in public. They're trying to shut you up and shut you down, and that's what they've grown dependent upon. That's one of their pillars of establishment power, which you see crumbling. The J6 narrative crumbling. The control of speech on social media. Yeah, with Elon Musk at Twitter, X we should call it. That, too, is crumbling. And Elon Musk is showing the resolve to fight for free speech. He's suing these people. He's going to be spending money on these lawsuits. And, wow, that, that is impressive. To overcome these pillars of establishment power, you just need a handful of people like a Donald Trump, the exemplar of it, who say no to the gulag who just say no to that. We're not going to live in that Soviet gulag where they lock people in, shut the gates, close the door. Read your Solzhenitsyn if you don't know what a gulag is. That's a very important concept. In my opinion, we've got, uh, we've got one big gulag right now in this country in which the American people are not quite ready for that. The American people do not want to live in a gulag. And they can just have an outlet on on free speech, so much flows from that. So much political power flows out of that. And it's why the left, the uniparty, even the rhinos are in there complaining about Elon Musk and the free speech that he's bringing to this platform. They've got to shut Musk down heading into 2024. They've got to control those narratives. They've got to shut down the voices that are problematic for ruling class power. Does that make sense? But Donald Trump stands up, says no to the gulag. Elon Musk standing up saying no to the gulag. Tucker Carlson standing up saying no to the gulag as well, which is why they fired him from Fox News. Tucker Carlson was interested in reporting the truth about the issues as he saw them. He's been blowing holes in the J6 narrative all the way along. 
the 2020 pristine election narrative. Tucker's been blowing holes in that one all the way along. Blowing holes in the Ukraine narrative, as I've been doing around here, from the start of that Ukraine narrative. And, you know, are you in favor of forever wars? Do you want to have these forever wars that go on forever? Do you want to spend the billions upon billions to Ukraine? Well, we have our wide open hemorrhaging border. America's cities are crumbling. If you want to send the billions to Ukraine, you are an extremist. Does that make sense? The folks that are doing that, the Ken Bucks of the world, the rhinos of the world, the Bill Crystals, the Liz Cheneys, the Joe Bidens, the political class that wants the Mitch McConnell to send, I think we're well over a hundred plus billion over to Ukraine right now for that whole failing enterprise. Now we're begging Russia for peace, of course. Who's the extremist on that spectrum? Most American people don't go for these, these forever wars that drain our coffers. We have to get up, work all day long, pay our taxes to fund the forever wars of the military-industrial complex. And make no mistake, they've got their hand in the till. They're making profit off these wars one way or another. Nikki Haley, a good example, she was on the Boeing board. Vivek Ramaswamy came out and said, yeah, war is hell, unless you're on the board of Boeing. (laughs) And there's Nikki. Nikki uh, was, there's a story in the Babylon Bee, you know, a satire story about, you know, a a hypothetical debate asking a question of Nikki Haley. Hey, is there any country you do not want to invade Nikki? Any country you don't want to wage war on? And she was stumped by that question in the Babylon Bee, (laughs) which is exactly right. Absolute extremism there. And since, by the way, I got on to Nikki Haley... Let me let me bring this out. Um, Nikki Haley says she wants everyone to have their name on social media. You know, you're going to have a Twitter account. You're going to be on Facebook. You can't use a pseudonym. You have to have your name. And that is what the deep state wants. That's what the censorship industrial complex wants. They want to control you. They want to control your experience. They want to be able to sanction you if you express opinions that are trouble for the people in power for the ruling class. Let's hear Nikki say, I think Nikki is really, really kind of crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody, nobody likes Nikki. Nobody in the Republican Party likes Nikki. Let's hear this. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. I cannot tell you how extreme that is. Absolutely extreme. That is the deep state dream again, the censorship complex dream to be able to control your name on social media. The Federalist Papers, which were integral to the founding of the United States of America, they were written in pseudonyms. You know, if those people would have put their names out there trying to start this American Republic and separate from those evil Brits back in the day... Oh, you know what the Brits would have done to those guys? Oh, yeah, I think so. 
I think so. No, Nikki, Nikki Haley does not understand any of that. Or actually, she does. And when I say rhinos are in favor of censorship, rhinos are in favor of the tech tyrants running our speech. That's a good example right there. Nikki Haley. And by the way, Nikki Haley, uh, they, should, I, should I bring this up now? She went into, uh, there, there was a uh, Laura Ingram over on Fox. They had the uh, focus group. And they had a crowd of, I don't know, 100 people sitting there, maybe more, maybe 200. And Laura Ingram asked, you know, hey, how many of your people are for, for Donald Trump? And basically everyone in the crowd raised their hands. And then they stepped back. How many people are for, for DeSantis? And two people raised their hands. How many people for Nikki Haley? And no one, no one raised their hands. Let's just hear this. This is one you kind of need the, vi- the video, but I can describe it to you. I can describe it verbally. We want to ask people who they want to be the next president of the United States, of the people who are possibilities, okay, who are out there, possibilities. Raise your hands if you're for Donald Trump. Everyone raises their hands. Very, very good. There's a few people who aren't in the front. Few holdouts. Few holdouts. You're not 100%. Um, DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Oh, there's a clap. Two, two hands and a clap. Okay. Two hands and a clap. Joseph Biden. Zero. Oh, <laughs> Zero. Not, even a, not about, even a wheeze. How about Nikki Haley? Yes. A lot of Zero. people are looking at Nikki Haley now. How about Nikki Haley? Show of hands. Nikki Haley? There's oh, a half like, a hand look, who have half, a little bit of time. Half a hand. Laura Ingram says, a lot of people are looking at Nikki Haley. A lot of people, uh, I don't think so. A lot of the big donors, the globalist, socialist, corporatist donors in the GOP party, the ones that create the rhinos, the Ken Bucks of the world, (laughs) not one hand went up for Nikki Haley. And I think Laura Ingram was surprised because she's out there marinating in the Fox News environment and marinating in the big donor environment. And they're trying to push for Nikki Haley at Fox News. They've given up on DeSantis. So now they're pushing Nikki, and they couldn't get one hand in the focus group. And by the way, Nikki Haley, this is the last one, and uh, Nikki Haley, uh, oh, she bashes Vivek. She, she accuses Vivek Ramaswamy of having a, a female problem of some kind, and I don't know, is... Nikki kind of channeling her Hillary Clinton here? What do you think? What happens, he comes out of the gate, he hits... <laughs> the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor on the platform, and then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't saying I'm just saying. But he might have a girl problem. I'm just saying he might have a girl problem. Yeah, uh, there is Nikki Haley accusing Vivek of having a female problem because he was attacking the Rana, R-N-C, Rana Romney who runs the RNC, and he was attacking Kirsten Welker of NBC, the biased propaganda NBC news person. And then, oh, attacking Nikki. So there's Nikki defending Kristen Welker, the propagandist from NBC News, channeling her Hillary. Do people like that, you know, people like that? Does that, does that work for you? Got a lot more coming, folks. It's Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran. Hang tight. Be right back. Ah, sometimes you just got to hear that voice of Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders. I remember one snowy day in Vail. 
where I was working as a reporter for the Vail Daily newspaper, but also a lift ticket scanner. Yeah, I've done my share of skiing in my day. It was one of those long days, and I was scanning tickets all day. I was going to head off to the Vail Daily to write up the news stories and sat down in a little coffee house, grab a cup of coffee, and some Chrissy Hine music came on, and I was like, man, that is good. And funny how you still remember that, you know? You still remember those little instances of hearing a certain song in a certain place, and that was the one that day. Matt Dunn, I'm in for Randy Corporan here. And we're going to have to go to Animal House right now. Animal House. We're going to have to go to double secret probation. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Talking about the extremism, right? Who is extreme? Who is centrist? Who is moderate? Had a great text to studio. Individual said, you mentioned Mike Rosen. I got my education on being a conservative because of him. I drove a truck making deliveries to Fashion Bar. I remember Fashion Bar. And I got to listen to the radio all day long. But Mike Rosen, who I've met many times and gotten to know a little bit, was rather influential on me as a kid growing up, you know. I've always been interested in the, in the politics. I've been following it since, like, middle school, you know. And Mike Rosen, what a great, talented radio host he always was. But I won one critique. He missed Trump. He missed Trump wildly. <laughs> and that was a big disappointment and that a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the more established voices, a lot of the people more tuned in to the political sort of normalcy missed that one big time. But I did not around here. I did not miss. In fact, I rang that bell accurately from the start. Instincts, right? You got to have the instincts. Anyway, the attacks that you're going to see from the uniparty as in the Democrats, the ruling class, the rhinos on Trump heading into 2024. You're already getting the previews of it. And they're going to be saying, yeah, Trump was extreme in 2016. Trump was extreme in 2020. Trump was a Nazi in 2016 and 2020. But now, 2024, oh my gosh. It's super double mega crazy extreme wacko more extreme than you could have ever imagined extreme that's what they're gonna have to do and you're already seeing them do it okay new york times has a story sweeping raids giant camps and mass deportations yeah (laughs) washington post ruth marcus trump's going to be getting revenge by seeking, sicking the FBI and the CIA and the DOJ on his political opponents, which is exactly what they've been doing to Trump, right? So why do they even make that point? Well, it's because they're morons. That's why. Anyway, so it's going to be, they're going to go big. And the voters out there are going to have to sit there and think, you know, gosh, Trump, when he was president, has got a good four years. Things were going well, you know, and he didn't do any Nazi stuff. Yeah, he was just a, a good president. We had the golden economy. We had no wars. We had peace. We had prosperity. It was really cool. Until that little virus thing came out. And hmm, we can talk about how that happened. I have, let me assure you. So the voters had to weigh the evidence here. It's like, oh, they say he was so extreme, but then he was a good president. And, you know, Biden, talk about wacko extreme. Look at what Biden's done. And look at my... 
my suffering pocketbook. And look at all the rest of the crazy stuff Biden has done with the wide open border and all these wars. And you see, they're not in a good position to have to say Trump is double extra super crazy extreme now. It just doesn't work. How many years could you say that stuff? And none of it was true. It was always propaganda and expected to somehow start working now. Anyway, here's where we get to Animal House. And this is what it is. They're going to try to put Trump on double secret probation now. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Trump's out there, MAGA, having fun, drawing the crowds, joking around, bringing truth to this country that so needs it, trying to save this place. Kind of like, yeah, Jim Belushi, right? Yeah. But let, let's hear let's hear, Double Secret Probate. You guys know this clip, don't you? From Animal House. They're on campus. Greg, what is the worst fraternity on this campus? Well, that would be hard to say, sir. They're each outstanding in their own way. Cut the horse son. I got their disciplinary files right here. Who dumped a whole truckload of fizzies into the swim meet? Who delivered the medical school cadavers to the alumni dinner? Every Halloween, the trees are filled with underwear. Every spring, the toilets explode. You're talking about Delta, sir. Of course I'm talking about Delta, you twerp! This year it's going to be different. This year we're going to grab the bull by the balls and kick those punks off campus. What do you intend to do, sir? Delta's already on probation. They are? Yes, sir. Oh. Then as of this moment, they're on double secret probation. Double secret probation, sir? There is a little-known codicil in the Faber College Constitution, which gives the dean unlimited power to preserve order in time of campus emergency. Find me a way to revoke Delta's charter. You live next door. Put Niedermeyer on it. He's a sneaky little just like you, right? The time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. There you go. That's the dean. The super serious, censorious dean of Faber College and Animal House. And he's going to put his foot down. He's going to put Niedermeyer on the case. He's going to put Niedermeyer on. This year, it's going to be different, says the dean. This year, we're going to get him thrown out. This year, we're going to get him thrown off the ballot in Colorado, New Hampshire, Minnesota, Michigan. Oh, that didn't work. Yeah, Trump's already been on probation, but now the media is going to put him on double secret probation. Oh, stand back. Trump's on double secret probation. Yes, he's going to be really extreme, and so the deans are going to have to shut that down. Yeah. They're going to have to arrest him, raid Mar-a-Lago, take mug shots. They're going to have to gin up these lawfare ridiculous cases in New York. Try something in Georgia. They're going to have to do all this double secret probation stuff against Trump. And you know what? 
every time a poll comes out, they realize it ain't working. It ain't working. And the establishment pillars of power are crumbling right now. Can you feel the MAGA momentum? And I like that. You know, they're, they're so serious, these people in power. They're, really, they're, so seri- they're so serious about their power. They really want their power. They're so serious about it. And, yeah, they're going to. Should we hear? Here's, here's an example. Jen Psaki. Ooh, Trump's going to be really extreme now. Double secret probation. We need to put him on that, right, Saki? And yet, the hand-wringing and cocktail party speculation about an alternative to Joe Biden is continuing, will continue. Guess what? Joe Biden isn't perfect. No candidate is, by the way. But we have to understand what the alternative is here. If elected to a second term, Donald Trump would prosecute anyone he deems an enemy, unleash troops on protesters, and essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. And this time... He plans to line his administration with people who will actually help him do it. But sure, Joe Biden is three years older and occasionally trips over things. Look, there's a lot to be concerned about right now when it comes to a second Trump term. The speeches are getting much more disturbing and much more unhinged, and we should all hear it that way. Much more disturbing, much more unhinged. (laughs) They have been saying that, that exact thing. Since he came down the escalator, unhinged, unhinged, disturbing, all the rest of it. And they're still saying it, but now it's going to be, oh, it's even more now. It's even more. And guess what? You heard Saki having to apologize for Biden. Everybody knows Biden has been a disaster, an epic, inexcusable disaster upon this nation. Democrats don't like him. He's got, like, record unpopularity within his own party. And so to make this case about Trump being so extreme that he needs double secret probation, they have to also apologize for Biden. Yeah, well, he trips over things and he falls down and he splats a lot. And, yeah, the economy is a complete shambles. And, yeah, we've got all these wars all over the place. Yeah, well, so Biden has wrecked foreign policy and he's wrecked domestic policy. But... But look at that Trump, he's, he's unhinged. You see the case they have to make and you see what a hole they're in? <laughs> it's, uh, it's getting amusing, ladies and gentlemen, is it not? Should we say a little hello? And, uh, or actually, Brad, can you hang on? Can you hang on? Let's do, the, let's do the break here right now. It's Matt Dunn. I'm in for Randy Corcoran on the phone lines, 303-696-1971. Got a line open if you'd like to chime in. We'll take a break and be right back. Spreading the love around here at 710KNUS on the Randy Corcoran Show. Happens to be Matt Dunn sitting in for my brother, good friend, Randy, tonight. Glad that you are on board. And yeah, these new J6 tapes are out. Speaker Johnson kept his word. I encourage you to look at those tapes, and you'll see a lot of gentle, sweet people walking around the Capitol, respecting the velvet rope lines, carrying their sippy cups, grandmothers and stuff. Uh, I don't know. doesn't look very insurrection-y to me. Steve Bannon says Johnson's next move needs to be to set up another J6 committee to investigate the last committee. What do you think of that? About the J6, you see the meltdown? This is dangerous. You could have the, you could have the cameras and you could, hey dude, 
we're going to get to the bottom of the Fed's direction. And, and Johnson on Monday should call for a new J6 committee. Let's do Let's roll, baby. Let's hit it. Let's get them all up there. Nancy, plus get Cash be the first, the first witness. Let's uh, get this ball rolling. Let's knock that official fake propaganda Potemkin village narrative down all the way. We're on the way. Let's go, Johnson. And it was Jamie Raskin of the last J6 committee who said, oh, it's a national security risk to have, to have those, those, those videos out there now. It's national security. And the deep staters always use that, their last resort. They're the ones who have the monopoly on the information for national security. And guess what? They're the last people you want in charge of our national security. They do the opposite with it. They make us more insecure. Earlier in this hour, played a clip from Nikki Haley, and she used the national security phrase, we got to have your name on all your tweets and all your Facebook and everything. we got to have your name. Yeah. It's a national security risk if we don't have your name. See how these people work? They always fall back on national security. That's their monopoly. That's what they're holding on to. Meanwhile, Trump, when he was president, all peace. Peace breaking out all around the world. You get Biden in there, who cares so much about national security. We've got the forever war in Ukraine, which we're losing. And we've got war in the Middle East. All kinds of mayhem, you see? These people that they love to talk about national security with that holy sanctimony could not be more bogus, folks. Whenever you hear that word used, know it's a deep stater who wants to have you living in a gulag, okay? That should be your instinct. Let's hear Brad. Brad, thank you for checking in. Welcome to the Randy Corcoran Show. How are you, sir? Yeah, I got a quick question about this uh, George Santos guy in New York. Uh, He might be a character, and allegedly he violated camp- some campaign laws or misused the funds. But I don't think that's the real reason they're going after him. It appears that uh, Mr. Santos uh, votes quite conservatively. In other words, Mike Lawler, a rhino, who voted to fund the new FBI headquarters and uh, to keep the kill switch in the cars, once expelled George Santos. But George Santos voted the correct way on both of those. Now, Santos may or may not have done it, but... How many other Republicans have done the same thing? But the issue is, right now, we, our majority, I believe, is 221 to 213. We can't afford to lose a member. Now, the Democrats would never think of expelling a member of their own party, no matter what he did. But yet we got Republicans that want to go after George Santos. And I, I really think the reason is, is because he's a conservative and he votes quite conservatively. Uh, give us a little backstory on uh, who's going after Santos. What's the issue with Santos? I'm not seeing a whole lot of that talked about right now. But oh. Brad, you are you are out there in the weeds, super informed. What's what's going on with Santos? Allegedly, he uh, misused campaign funds and used some of his donations for personal use. And they said uh, at one time he was a crossdresser. Well, yeah, okay, the guy might be a character, but but he but he votes the right way. So I think that's the real reason the re- Republicans want to get rid of them. It's, uh, and like you got, got the Freedom Caucus, uh, Marjorie Taylor, yeah, she shouldn't have supported McCarthy and she shouldn't have voted for the bad budget deal. They throw her out of the Freedom Caucus, but Ken Buck, but Marjorie's more than done enough good things to make up for her mistakes. Ken Buck continually drops the ball, yet the Freedom Caucus lets him stay in. And no matter how many members of the Freedom Caucus you call around the country, Tell him Ken Buck's not what he's cracked up to be. The Freedom Caucus lets him stay in. 
So is the Freedom Caucus as good as everybody thinks they are? Yeah, makes you wonder. And what did you think about this regarding Ken Buck, that there was an opportunity to vote to impeach Secretary of DHS Alejandro Mayorkas, and eight Republicans voted not to impeach him, and Mayorkas is the guy who's been hell-bent on keeping our border wide open. Ken Buck always makes a little noise, talks a lot about, well, we need to secure our border. And he had a chance to impeach this Mayorkas guy that Charlie Kirk says, I mean, this guy is like the most impeachable guy in the Biden administration, really deserving of it. But what does Ken Buck do? No. One of eight Republicans to say no on that. I don't know. Do you have a take on that, Brad? I think it's like Steve Bannon. I think it's either Steve Bannon or Charlie Kirk. Uh, they might have blackmail on Ken Buck. And uh, I see that judge ruled in Trump's favor the other day on keeping Trump off the ballot. Now, it'll probably go to the Colorado Supreme Court. And what I'm really afraid of is if it goes to the Supreme Court, because uh, I have a feeling we might, Trump might lose their 6-3 to three because Kavanaugh, Roberts, and Barrett will all vote with uh, to keep Trump off the ballot. I, I don't have any faith in Amy Coney Barrett. As a matter of fact, I, I would I would trust that liberal on um, the... The liberal judge Wait a minute. Never... I think it goes to the Colorado Supreme Court first. Yeah. yeah. And you, yeah. you think Colorado Supreme Court. I know some people are concerned about, I think Jeff Clark is concerned Colorado Supreme Court could overturn this. But I, I, I just would not expect that either. I mean, I still think this whole thing is a backfire. I still think it's too crazy even for blue Colorado. And other states have said, nope not going to be doing this one. But are you thinking it's kind of a risk? Well, I I kind of hope you're right, and you might be right, but the person I don't trust is uh, Amy Coney Barrett because I think she's she lied to get on the bench. She's uh, ruled with Biden twice on gun control issues, and uh, I would almost trust a liberal judge in Denver to ru- ru- uh, rule in favor of Trump before I trusted Amy Coney Barrett. I'm almost certain that Amy Coney Barrett would rule against Trump. Interesting. I, I would I would have a different take on that. I don't I think that we'd be very secure in the United States Supreme Court. I still think it would be unlikely for Colorado Supreme Court to to pull that stunt. But I'll tell you what. Uh Trump dominating the polls, primary and even general, MAGA momentum building. Uh, they're using the case that, well, this was this insurrection, the fourteenth Amendment, Trump was part of an insurrection. They're trying to warp that up into their case to get Trump off the ballots. And as these this J6 footage comes out and undermines the entire insurrection narrative, I mean, that that would be the kind of thing that would put them in the political headlights in a way that I, I don't think they want. I don't think they would want that. I mean, just get political with it. I think that would be, that's a bridge too far. They're going to have to find other stunts and tricks to try to get Trump, uh, you know, I don't know, incarcerated or whatever, heading into... And even that backfires, though, Brad. But uh, but I'm, I'm listening to your concerns, well, I, but I, 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 I'm not quite with you on them, but it's, but it's interesting, yeah. I mean, you, 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 might, you might be right on this, so we'll have to watch this play, right? Well, I hope I'm wrong, and uh, I, I would love to be wrong, and I hope I am wrong, but uh, one last thing. The other day, down in Eagle Pass, Texas, another uh, 500 uh, illegals crossed at Eagle Pass, Texas, uh, compliments of our open borders greg abbott who does nothing but blame joe biden and both biden and joe biden are to blame 
but Abbott and Mayorkas, the whole Biden administration, all the rhinos, the policy. I mean, they, they want the wide open border. They absolutely want it. It's part of their policy, but they know it's not popular, so they don't say it out loud. Does that make sense, Brad? That they, they want the wide open, but they won't actually come out and say it because they know that it's not popular. And well, that, one, side, one side wants cheap votes and the other side wants cheap labor. And another uh, person I think we need to keep a watch on who's uh, starting quite quickly to be quite the rhino is that Monica De La Cruz down in Texas. I thought she was going to be really good, but uh, I've noticed she's had a number of bad votes lately, too. Ah, is she so, part of the, uh, the Bush Club down in Texas? I don't think I don't believe so. I think she's uh, fairly young, but uh, she when she was running for office, she said all the right good things, and she said uh, a number of good votes. But she's also had a number of bad votes. She keeps voting to keep the government open and the CRs. So I would uh, I would definitely keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on Monica De La Cruz. Yeah. Somehow or another, Democrats never have Democrats who run for office and then like uh, become Republicans. But Republicans constantly have Republicans running for office and become rhino Democrats. It's just like a plague. And the system is set up to create that and engender that. And the big money helps force that and push that. And so people like Ken Buck, you know, they see an opportunity to run into that rhino zone to get the attention on CNN or NBC or wherever. And they they take it. And just, again, because we're on Ken Buck, he voted for the new FBI headquarters, which is $375 million, probably end up being around a billion by the time they're done with it. He votes for more billions constantly to Ukraine, but yet he's always on CNN complaining about, oh, too much government spending. So what's, what's the deal with that? I mean, isn't, isn't that just pretty rank, what he's up to there? How does he live with himself, do you suppose? Well, he likes the attention, I guess. Or what, what is it about the guy, Brad? Uh, I noticed that... Uh... I never trusted Ken Buck from the very beginning because uh, when he was running for Senate, remember he was caught on tape insulting the Tea Party orders that were following him around, and then he voted for John Boehner as Speaker. We had 25 no votes on John Boehner for Speaker. Four, four more would have got rid of Boehner in the first round, and Ken Buck was one of uh, four Republicans from Colorado to vote the wrong way, but then again, so did Tipton, Lamborn, and Mike Hoffman. So uh, Ken Buck votes the right way when it doesn't count. Exactly. But now nothing counts now because he's not going to run again, right? Thank and you, he, can, he can show his true colors to his heart's content as he continues to audition for a CNN regular gig, right? And I can't imagine they give it to him because I, I, I say he's a boring commentator, doesn't have much to say, cliches. But yet, you know, maybe they need a Republican who will do all the rhino stuff and make that music the establishment wants to hear. And uh, he seems to like it, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe they'll give him a show with Liz Cheney. <laughs> They're friends, right, Brad? Absolutely. Apparently they, they go way back together. Mm-hmm. Funny that CNN, when they were talking about who should be the next speaker in the House, they kept going to Liz Cheney, who is, of course, no longer in the House, so doesn't have a vote, right? I found that ironic and rather amusing. And Harry Hageman's doing a mighty fine job. She's also a member of the Freedom Caucus and... Uh, she supports Thomas Massey, H.R. 3206, uh, bill to end the double taxation of Social Security. So, uh, Harriet's quite an improvement over Liz Cheney. Oh, big time. And by the way, do you give Matt Gates some props for getting Speaker Johnson in there, especially after this J6 release? Yeah, I'm a, 
Yeah, I think so. Now, Johnson upset me with that 75-day CR with no spending cuts and no border security. Yeah. But, but McCarthy still had to go. Even if Mike Johnson isn't as good as everyone thinks he was going to be, uh, Kevin McCarthy still had to go. He's already better than McCarthy right now. I mean, just doing that J6 thing alone. But uh, is he as good as Jim Jordan would have been? I'd say no on that. You'd probably agree, Brad. But here is the wall. Thank you, sir. You keep at it, Brad. We love it when you check in. Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.